0: Welcome back everybody. (laughs) How is everybody? Uh, My name is Stevie Kim and welcome back to Italian Wine Club. Today's call is actually our seventh installment of the Ambassador's Corner. Wow, that's hard to believe. We started uh, just a few weeks ago. Today's session will be moderated by Gianluca Quirolli, our Italian wine ambassador from Boston. Actually, I hope to see him very, very shortly for our VIA rollout. Stateside. For those who are unfamiliar with us, but I do see most of us are from our community already. It's Vinatil International Academy. That's what VIA is, stands for. Just as a side note, if anyone is interested in finding out more about the VIA program, please DM us directly and we'll be more than happy to welcome your query. Getting back to Ambassador's Corner, Gianluca will be interviewing Stefano Caralot today. For the newbies, Ambassadors Corner is where Italian wine ambassadors and wine lovers get a chance to interview their favorite Italian wine producers. Don't forget to ping me, Leica or Joy you can see Laika in the front row I'll bring her up later and Joy who's on a train right now I think Lan our colleague or or rather ex-colleague actually he quit and after five years finally and um, I've I've never seen him so much since he quit actually and he's we've been doing a few walks at at the Dolomiti the past couple of days and he's dropping off Joy our producer at the train station in Mezza Corona. so if you'd like to nominate or interview you, your favorite Italian wine producer, please get in touch with either Leica, Joy, or myself directly. A quick shout out to Leica, our back says She's on her holidays, but she's still our uh, managing our clubhouse today from I don't know where. And Joy, our Italian wine podcast producer. So um, today, um, Gianluca will be interviewing Stefano Chiarlo. But I just want to remind you that we have three more episodes already all confirmed. Um, after Gianluca, and they are already published on the Italian Wine Club. So please remember to follow us and put on the bell if you'd like to be alerted for the next one. Just FYI, following Gianluca will be Jody Hellerman, and she will be interviewing Enrico Della Piano from Rizzi in um, Barbarasco. Then after that, on the 2nd of September... That's Cynthia Chaplin coming back, interviewing Ilaria Takis. She's the daughter of, course, Giacomo Takis. And then Hugh Priest, our fermented boss dude, will be interviewing Ariani Ocupinti. That's on the 9th of September. So please follow us and see what's going on. Before we get on to the, today's show, I need to remind you in audience and the panelists that this room is indeed being recorded and maybe replayed on the Thai Wine podcast if the quality of the recording is decent. While we're at it, if you can give a thumbs up to the Thai Wine podcast and rate our podcast wherever you get your pods, we'd really appreciate that. And if you'd like to make a small donation, we love you even more. Let me start the show by saying a few words about Stefano Queroli, your host ambassador um, for today. Ciao, Gianluca.
1: Ciao, Stevie. Good uh, good afternoon, uh, good evening, good morning. everyone.
0: Yeah, it's 8 p.m. in Italy, so I, yeah. I, that's <laughs> 2 p.m. for you, right? That's right. So Gianluca, you know Gianluca, I, I didn't know this, but we have a lot in common, you know? You were an international cons- tax consultant. Which company did you work for?
1: I used to work for uh, EY... Uh, and then a couple of, uh, Boston based, uh, companies like Boston Scientific, Virtuza. So, yeah. But
0: did you know that, and you work for, as a tax consultant for 20 years, did you know that I too work for Pricewaterhouse? I actually did yes. <laughs> yeah. so this is amazing because John Luca he made a career switch at, after 20 years of grueling work at as an international tax consultant and joined the wine industry about five years ago I mean I've I've done it about 12 years ago more like 11 years ago I joined the wine industry but way 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 when you were a little boy John Luca, I also dabbled with being an international tax consultant for at the time I don't want to date myself, but at the time it was only called Price Waterhouse. So, way, way back. Anyways, originally Gianluca is from, originally from Italy. He's now based in Boston. Gianluca, where are you from in Italy originally? What part of Italy?
1: Yeah, I was actually uh, born in uh, Milan, but when I was only uh, six, uh, Mm -hmm. my family moved to uh, Santa Margherita Ligure, not too far from the Cinque Terre. And probably less than an hour from uh, where um, you know Stefano Carlo is. I also did my national service one year when I was twenty between Cuneo and uh, Torino. So I'm very. So
0: do you early. feel do you feel more Milanese
1: or like Ligurian? Uh, it's it's. Uh, I knew you're going to ask. Me this. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I, I have to be diplomatic, and uh, I feel like uh, you know both. Plus now I have almost half of my life you know in the US so i'm actually split among different geographies.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. So let me just remind everybody, um, he's a good person to know, everybody, if you're in the wine business, because Gianluca is also the owner and of Wine Empire, which is a fine retailer. Gianluca holds a law degree. He's the master of ceremonies in accounting and international tax. No wonder you went into the wine business. Right. <laughs> it's boring as shit. Okay, but, you know, he also is very incredibly active in the wine world. He does events, he writes, he teaches, and we are incredibly fortunate to have him as part of our VIA community, Vinitil International Academy. Him and, I always like to call them the dynamic duo, and him and Chiro Pirone, it's like Batman and Robin, and they're they're incredibly active and we we really love them for that. He also is a certified French wine scholar, we don't care about that. American wine expert, Bordeaux, Burgundy. He pretty much knows everything. And he is also a diploma holder from WSET, which I'm desperately failing at all costs. And also currently an MW candidate. So very, very incredibly, he started recently into the wine, but he's very heavy handed in terms of uh, wine education and certification. So, and he also is doing um, locally the Italian Wine Maestro Certification Program. And that is just the level below the the, Via Ambassador Program. So if you'd like to know more about that, please reach out to also Gianluca. So let's start the show. Gianluca, tell us why you've selected, why Stefano Chiarlo is your favorite producer.
1: Uh, yes, thank you, um, Stevie. Uh, it's very easy. Uh, my first uh, wine, I was in single digit. Um, we shouldn't say that uh, on the uh, U.S. platform, but uh, that was the case in Italy. It was actually a Barbera-based wine, the one that uh, uh, my uh, grandfather used to make. I used to grow, I uh, used to make at home. And then, as I mentioned before, I was in the national service uh, in uh, torino and uh, i was taken out for um for a dinner and there was a bottle of uh, um michele Chiarlo uh, you know barbera sort of like tasted you know sort of like forgotten how much into wine when i was in my early 20s and then when i started uh, that i made my career switch I actually took uh, um, a course uh, whereby actually uh, Chiro was one of the um, organizer and we tasted we started tasting blinds and the first red was a a red from uh, Piemonte Uh, they were talking about this wine and I was like completely you know lost you know in the clouds and they revealed you know the wine that was today still my absolute favorite single bottle of any style, of any region, of any Italian, and that is uh, La Corte uh, Nizza Superiore.
0: Oh my goodness, that's so, uh, you're yeah, completely that's in it. in in love with Stefano Carlo. This is like a love declaration. Okay yeah, then. It is. Listen, um, you know, Gianluca, Luca, I'm a little bit obsessed about learning objectives, right? So we nice. like what we like to do in this room, which is a little bit different from just like you know very easygoing rooms in Clubhouse. And this is one of the reasons why also we record it is that we are, we would like to always have that educational um, aspect um, mm-hmm. to give a value add to our audience and not just to those who are present. By the way, hello, Paul, Melissa. Corinne, Luca, Julie, Steve, Alberto, Valentina, I don't know someone, oh Kevin, hello Kevin, he's our new ambassador, and Charlie and Sarah. So um, I would like for you to tell us what the learning objectives of the call today
1: yes absolutely um i think uh, we're going to talk about um with stefano obviously about you know the winery's experience and what really uh, sets um uh, stefano and the winery uh, the kello winery apart it's really this balance of uh wine tradition in Piemonte as well as uh, innovation and progress so they really blend uh, these two big factors along with um art uh, with sustainability, uh, especially in the light of uh, uh, very important issues that we are all facing today on uh, planet Earth, such as climate change. But then we are also going to visit, um, you know, Barbera uh, as a grape, uh, the adaptability uh, of the grape variety, the range of wines, uh, geography. Uh, and in um, uh, Appalachians uh, and then we uh, we are going to cover specifically uh, Nitsa, uh the OCG which is relatively um, a new DOCG. OCG the number 74 of uh, the 76 you know total and that uh, just came alive about eight years ago so we definitely want to talk to Stefano which has been um, him and his family um, some of the pioneers one of the kings of you know the grape and the Appalachian
0: Okay, great. I am grab. I've just grabbed a glass of wine, and now take it away, Gianluca. See you. Talk to you later.
1: Thank you, Stevie, and uh, welcome everybody. Um, welcome, uh, Stefano. It's a pleasure. Uh, to have you. Thank you so much for making the time. I know it's three days after you know Ferragosto, but I know you're very active on all fronts. So um, you know, welcome. So just to briefly introducing uh, Stefano, we before I pass um, to him. Uh, Stefano was born on uh, June third, uh, nineteen sixty nine. So we reveal his age, of course, in uh, Piedmont. At the age of twenty, uh, he uh, graduated from the enological school uh, in Alba. Uh, with uh, a degree in enology and following his diploma, he actually, like I did, he enrolled uh, at what at the time was uh, a mandatory the national service. That was uh, before um, a year, a year and a half later, he started working with, um, you know, Michele Carlo, you know, winery with his, uh, with his father and his uh, brother um, Alberto uh, as assistant uh, enologist. A few years, um, you know, after in 1999, uh, Stefano became the uh, Michele Chiaros, uh chief winemaker uh, with the uh, Corporation of uh, Gianni Melani. And uh, Stefano's philosophy, and the winery's philosophy, is to produce wine of uh, great balance uh, with respect of the uh, individual varieties, uh, as well as the uh, terroir that they get to work with. Uh, wines that uh, are rich but not dense, uh, not heavy. <laughs> Elegant, and I also have, uh, in some cases, uh, stellar use of, of wood uh, for um, complexity. So, uh, with that being said, Stefano, we welcome you to uh, Clubhouse, to the Ambassador's Corner. I don't know if you want to, you know, add anything uh, to the introduction that I made, and then we can just, you know, start with the questions.
2: Thank you very much, Jarluk. Uh, thank you, Stevie. I am very happy to be with you. Uh, in this uh, uh, Italia One po- uh, podcast, uh, and uh, it's a really pleasure to have a, a so nice presentation for a, a great friend for uh, our family. That Zauriuki is really Italian ambassador, but also a Barber ambassador because is a variety that in Piedmont uh, is uh, uh, considered. Uh, Uh, the most diffuse uh, uh, drink variety every day, but um a big revolution that happened uh, uh, 30, 40 years ago, especially the last 20 years, uh, that uh, our work with uh, a lot of producers to elevate uh, the, the perception of the quality and the image of this wine, especially with the needs of creation and, uh, uh, and now we are really proud to have uh, a lot of important uh, red wine with Barbera that are uh, really Uh, iconic uh, Italian red wine, especially in Piemonte, after Barolo and Barbaresco, uh, could be uh, really the third uh, important uh, uh, red appellation for important red wine for long aging, a great complexity. Thank you very much, Gianluca. Uh, Thank you,
1: Stefano. That's uh, that's, that's, that's great. I, I couldn't agree. Uh, more on 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 your statement it's certainly you know climbing all sort of rankings not only in italy but you know throughout the world i see it on a daily basis on uh uh, in the u.s as well so we're gonna take it very easy on your first questions on you so we i want to ask you when did you fall uh, in love with wine you know in general what is that sparkle that light that turn on for you in the world of wine Stefano?
2: So this is a, a very important uh, question for me because when I was kid, uh, I was about uh, seven, uh, eight years old uh, with my father. The the the, the, the good ex- excuse to visit the vineyard for make a selection. Uh, and uh, and my, I, I I got uh, with my father to to have this kind of to follow him during this kind of uh, work. Uh, uh, with the excuse to go in the best osteria to test uh, the good salami the good cheese but uh, when I come back at home I really think about uh, the atmosphere and the magic situation that uh, I have uh, in the visit of the vineyard the the, the, the relationship with the viticultor uh, and that's when it was a really key that uh, helped me to have a, the right choice to to have the right school and when making a, a viticulture was a, a natural choice for me obviously uh, m- my father tried to wash in mind with this uh, a, a good excuse to to enter in this world uh, step by step but I'm I really ha- I really lucky because when I studied during the winemaker school I and uh, when i arrived this kind of material that uh, when making uh, chemical biological of viticulture, i was really attra- i was not a great student but when i arrived this kind of uh, uh, argument uh, I was really interesting about that uh, and there was a uh, 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 important student, so this is a a lucky that uh, you know, when you are a teenager, it's not easy to make the right choice but the passion, step by step, uh, going with me and uh, and now I am very happy about this choice and uh, all the vines are uh, my sons and uh, I never uh, do another job in my life. And that's that's, that's
1: great, I had the... uh uh, the honor, and the privilege to uh, to meet your father three years ago uh, when we met uh, in New York for one of your presentations, and uh, as much as it always sounds like a cliche, having someone as you know as a parent that you know show you the way and then you discover you know things um, yourself, um, he never gets old. So I couldn't relate uh, more to that. Thank you, Stefano. Moving on with, uh, with another question, um, uh, Stefano. Uh, the, the name Carlo has always been associated uh, through many, many years uh, of, of experience and, and, uh, and winemaking to both you know, the tradition, which is very typical of uh, an Italian region like Piedmont. But how do you um, collectively or you individually uh, keep up with this traditions, when there is many changes uh, from all aspect uh, in terms of you know progress and and innovation,
2: what is your secret? I believe the secret uh, is the mentality that give my father to me. Is, is that um, we have one chance for a year that is the harvest, and sometime one one chance every two year because the harvest and the we are under the sky and the weather was not. Uh, to be okay all the years but the the it is so exciting to have new experimentation especially a great focus in the vineyard in the in the small vineyard in the local different terroir and what are really changed the the our philosophy not not the philosophy but our improvement what really was a, help to, to improve our, our quality of our wines was to concentrate in the first uh, in the in the first year of, of the 80 to reduce uh, the quantity of the grapes in the vineyard, especially with our indigenous variety that you know better than me that Barolo and Barbaresco are nebbiolo grape variety 100 percent and d'asti and Nizza is also Barbera. Uh, but uh, in, in the past uh, a lot of journalists speak about traditional or modernist. But the key in Piemonte was to have much more control of the quantity in the vineyard. And that happened in the in the beginning of the 80s with the first experimentation of the reducing of the yield with the green harvest uh, with a, a small group of producers. That one, obviously, was by father, but also uh, Tare, Angelo Gaia. And that was... A, uh, never never happened before because reducing the, the, the quantity means to destroy an important part of the of the grapes that was considered a, a sacrilege for the old mentality uh, for the traditional people. Uh, this innovation uh, helped a lot uh, all the important appellations for Piemonte, also especially our wines. To have much more success around the world in the international market without losing the the soul of the of this uh, appellation of this wine, uh, and I intended, the, the, for example, for the Barolo, the capacity to have a great complexity, and the power to have a nice evolution for decades, and the same experience that happened in the Barolo area during the beginning of the '80s, um, uh, happened in the Barbera field at the beginning of the '90s. Uh, And that helps a lot uh, to to elevate the the quality of the Barbera wine, uh, especially with the Nitz appellation. That uh, is an appellation that are very severe in terms of of quantity of grapes, in terms of um, Also, winemaking technical. That means uh, minimum have a a 18 month of uh, maturation, part in wood, part in 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 the bottle before release. Uh, But give the right time to the wine to have a nice expression. Also, the time uh, uh, to refine our wines in the bottle before get out in the market is really another part of our. uh, Uh, stylistically secret of uh, our uh, idea idea of quality wine. Because, uh, especially the wine that born uh, in the vineyard with so many attention for every bunch, for every, uh, every cluster, need uh, uh, more time to have, uh, to open the flavor. And that means to have a sacrifice to keep in our warehouse uh, much more than uh, in the past. Uh, because you know better than me that when I arrive on your table, on your uh, wine shop, uh, the life is so is is so quickly that uh, you you want to um, open the bottle the day uh, the day the same day or the day after so you don't need uh, you don't need have a, a another um, another time to to keep in your private cellar It's not is the time I believe the. The idea of quality producer is to get out on the market when the wine are ready to drink uh, 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 and open, uh, open to have a great pleasure. Obviously, uh, the great important red, uh, if you want to, to keep for several years, and uh, that uh, uh, will be only uh, uh, have more complexity. And uh, to uh, is like a song or a great book. Uh, after uh, one decade or two decades, uh, have to be better. But uh, in the same time, uh, the the great philosophy that learned my father traveling in the world uh, some decades ago is to improve the quality of Piemontese wine, but also to be ready when I arrive on the market. And that was not so easy, especially with our indigenous variety, especially with the traditional mentality to produce uh, uh, in the past, uh, not a lot, but uh, what gives the nature that sometimes uh, is too much for the idea of top quality wine that uh, we have now.
1: Thank you, Stefano. Um, Stefano makes it sound like so easy, doesn't it? Uh, I'm sure um, you've been, you know, facing uh, vintage related or uh, for other reasons your um, your challenges. Um, but that's uh, that's really great um, What you just share with all of us, you know, Stefano. You mentioned during your answer, um, obviously, uh, Nizza and Barbera. So I'll, uh, I think is a great time now to um, ask you a, um, a couple of questions related to that. So Stefano and his family have been, you know, true uh, pioneers of the Nizza, the OCG. Uh, that's a fact. is not a matter of, of opinion. Where does... The appellation, the evolutions um, of of the appellation, you know, stands. And what, in your opinion, Stefano, uh, still needs to be done uh, in the in the in the future?
2: Yes, nita is a is really very exciting appellation because have the very old roots uh, in the sense that uh, uh, the past generation they know. Uh, very well that from the old vineyard that produce a low quantity of Barbera, they produce a special wine that uh, when it born a new son, uh, they put away this bottle for, uh, and they know they have the opportunity that the son drink this wine after 18, 20 years with a a great surprising in terms of quality. And the Appellation was built uh, in, in this direction, so a very low yield a minimum 18 months uh, of aging for the Nizza and 30 months uh, for the Nizza reserve and uh, when the, we departing with this application we are only 10 producer and now I am also the president of association of Nizza producer now we are more than 70 producers and uh, um, why uh, is? Made this kind of application because the heart of the best terroir of the best Barbera wine are the 18 villages across Nizza uh, Ferrato, That is the the capital of the Barbera because uh, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, uh, all the all the people know. From this time, that the best uh, Barbera, soy, the best position for Barbera, are this part of the south of piemonte and um, Nizza um, could be really a, a, a great a great uh, uh, future, for my opinion, because um, Nizza. Uh, the consideration of Barbera is, uh, in terms of Barbera d'Asti, we are very proud to produce a lot of uh, a lot of important uh, quantity of Barbera d'Asti. The perception is that Barbera d'Asti is a very good wine to drink every day. But with the neat appellation from this philosophy, uh, Barbera, it will be an uh, important wine for I uh, have more complexity and more power to age. I make this comparing uh, usually with the people that uh, doesn't know the Barbera variety, that uh, Barbera is a variety... With a a lot of similarity in terms of uh, interpretation with the Sangiovese. You know that Sangiovese represents different appellations in Toscani, from a very fruity and medium body Chianti to drink every day to uh, Chianti Classico, Chianti Classico Reserva, that uh, is uh, a wine much more complex and more powerful. Uh, in the top uh, you arrive to the Brunello di Montalcino, depend of the terroir, depend of the, of the winemaking, but that have this kind of similarity, also the Barbera. is the most plastic uh, uh, Italian variety with Sangiovese, but probably uh, sometimes more than Sangiovese, because you can produce a uh, very fruity wine, medium body to drink every day. It's a Barbera d'Asti with a wine philosophy in, in stainless steel or in a large wood. Or uh, Anitza, that is a, a wine with more character, more terroir influence, a little more complexity, that you, you can drink in the first. Uh, uh, seven to uh, twelve uh, years, or an it's a reserve that have the opportunity to arrive to uh, 15, 18 years. Obviously, is a wine that uh, uh, respect a barolo barbaresco arrive at the top uh, at five, six, seven years, and after uh, this uh, aging uh, from the harvest time, uh, he keeps uh, for uh, several years. Uh, it's not like Barolo that, for my opinion, arrives at the top at 8 to 12 years. But uh, it's really, you can uh, uh, give some uh, enormous uh, satisfaction, especially with the food, because Barbera is a wine... Uh, uh, n- with no atomic part uh, very important, very soft, very velvety, but at se- the same time uh, is uh, the richness of the fruit, uh, the, the richness uh, of, of the sweet uh, spice, uh, and, uh, uh, and the acidity that uh, is the real secret uh, for food pairing uh, mm, so exciting uh, uh, with a great Barbera, I believe, is a wine when, if entering your blood, in your heart, uh, is not a, a fashion that uh, you drink for one or you know, two years. Remain in your in your pleasure to drink in you know, of, of your life.
1: Thank you, Stefano. Uh, that's very interesting because, uh, uh, as you, uh, our listeners uh, might uh, already know this, but. Stefano makes four different, you know, Barbera from Le uh, Orme to Cipressi to La Corte to what we call the black label uh, or Vigna Velia. And I have done uh, this exercise with both a couple of friends at home and uh, in some uh, consumers and customers, you know, wine tastings, how, you know, the styles of, uh, of the grape and, and really shows through the wine depending on, you um, where is grown, how is grown, how the winemaking techniques um, are, you know, applied. And you can have, you know, something fresh that you can have to be consumed young within a few years of bottling and all the way up to 15, 18 years, as, uh, you know, Stefano um, said. I, myself, being my favorite wine, try to store away a few bottles of the uh, Lacour so I, I I have the last seven or eight years, except fourteen that I believe was not um, uh, being bottled, uh, you know Lacourt. So I guess we'll have to you know host a nice event and try you know this uh all these vintages at one point so but i would suggest that to seek out uh these wines from uh from from carlo and 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 try them even in different regions but just to experience the different you know stylistic you know versions and the adaptability of uh, of uh, barbera so keeping on the barbera subject in in your mind in your experience uh, uh stefano how does uh, uh, Barbera grape variety adjust to location, to soil type, uh, to exposure? What what truly are the key um, you know characteristics? Do you pick a particular you know site for a particular uh, wine style that you're going to make out of it? What what are what are your considerations you know you know for Barbera uh, in terms of uh, viticulture?
2: Yeah, um, it's a very interesting question because, especially with the global warming, uh, Barbera is a variety that, um, in the classic, in the classic weather condition, we pick up the grapes in the middle of September. But uh, you have to pay a lot of attention because uh, when we have um, uh, this kind of uh, very long, uh, dry, and uh, warm summertime, that are very well uh, conditioned for uh, the perfect uh, ripeness uh, maturation of the Barbera grapes. We have to pay the attention because it's a variety that you have to follow step by step and uh, to uh, have the uh, analysis of the grapes and uh, to test the grapes every, every week, every three days, uh, uh, when you are uh, uh, close to the harvest time. Because the risk is that uh, in one week, uh, You take uh, one, uh, uh, 1.5% of alcohol, and the risk is to produce wine that are uh, not um, perfect balance between. uh, uh, alcoholic, uh, uh, alcoholic percentage, uh, good Barbera, uh, uh, minimal is 13.5. But with the, with the uh, warm vintage, you, the risk is to produce wine that arrive to 15, 15.5, and uh, uh, losing uh, uh, also losing the acidity. So the, um, for this uh, reason that uh, in Piemonte, uh, especially with Barbera, you are to be much more vigneron, man of the vineyard, than winemaker, because you have in every different uh, uh, parcel of the vineyard, every uh, different vineyard, you have to check uh, every every day, uh, really, because you have to pay the attention to follow to uh, searching this kind of a white balance and uh, uh, and um, the idealistic. Uh, uh, Perfect day for the harvest time for Barbera is to obtain this kind of perfect balance in terms of alcoholicity, acidity, and pH. When you have this kind of uh, uh, harvest I- in the winery, we are chef that we don't have to touch the food uh, anytime. And that means that uh, it's very classic uh, uh, maturation with the skins two weeks in the stainless steel for the For the classic Barbera Dusty, for the Nizza in the the big oak. Uh, And after that, uh, okay, the stylistically depends on what kind of uh, Barbera, what kind of Nizza you want to to, to produce. Uh, uh, For example, for Cipressi, our um, classic Nizza, we age for one year in the large barrel, for Lacourt, uh, we age part in the small barrack, part in the in the big barrel, and after we are refining in the bottle. But uh, the key uh, of the uh, perfect uh, interpretation for Barbera is to have obviously the best soil, the best exposition. Uh, what, uh, um, what is a risk for Barbera? Is to close to the harvest time, arrive to too much humidity, too much rain, and that is a variety that uh, if um, there are this kind of condition, uh, the, the berry uh, become bigger and we you have a dilution and you don't have a perfect maturation. You have uh, the green uh, some green uh, some rustic expression. The green harvest, obviously, is the uh, is the most important thing because. That uh, is it, really what uh, changed completely the, the, the quality of Barbera. The Barbera is a variety that produces, generally speaking, too much. And uh, every year now, uh, this morning, the first uh, uh, green harvest that uh, we do in, in the vineyard, uh, we wake up at six o'clock in the morning, but every vineyard, every vine. we we reduce the quantity minimum 30%, in some cases also 50%, and you can understand how big is the work that that there are behind a bottle of Barbera or Nizza, because uh, this kind of uh, work by hand is very expensive, uh, but uh, you need a lot of experience and and you, uh, you have to manage every morning for minimum one month in every vineyard.
1: Thank you, Stefano. That's um, uh, that's uh, that's very, very, very important to have uh, your quality um, and uh, your quantity, your yields, um, you know, in check to produce uh, the best wines, you know, possible from, you know, any uh, grape variety, but um, especially Barbera, which we all know uh, can be very, you know, vigorous um, and that uh, can uh, ate that vigor um, depending on where it is planted, uh, the type of soil, that uh, the exposure, uh, and so forth. So um, thank you for um, addressing that. A little bit of um, a rapid fire uh, question here. It's something that I've been meaning to ask you, Stephen, for a while, as I got to know you through the years, and when I almost did ask you last time we met a couple months ago over in Opera uh, Wine, but uh, obviously, you were very very busy that day. Have you thought about Dolcetto? Because you guys work with obviously Nebbiolo, uh, Barbera, uh, Moscato, and and, and Cortese. So Dolcetto. Arguably, there are several uh, red grape uh, varieties in in Piedmont, but uh, the three major ones are probably Nebbiolo, uh, Barbera, and Dolcetto. Have you thought about it? Have you have you considered? Um, you know, maybe planting, maybe uh, making some wine from uh, uh, from Dolcetto.
2: Yes, uh, w- honestly speaking, uh, we produce for uh, the last uh, 50, uh, Dolcetto d'Alba. Uh, honestly, we are not the, um, the top producer of Dolcetto for one simple reason, that uh, we are not owner of the best uh, exposition, of the best land for Dolcetto. My some uh, important... Uh, colleagues uh, wine producer especially in the Doriani area or um, in the in the uh, diano d'alba area, where dolcetto is the massi- maximum expression of this kind of soil uh, I- i'm really also exciting when i drink dolcetto because you know in piemonte the piemonte family in the past uh, uh, drink uh, during the week, Barbera, and during uh, the Sunday time, Dolcetto. So here in in our roots, uh, uh, a very important variety. Uh, and uh, Dolcetto is a, uh, another in- very interesting variety because have this kind of uh, violet, uh, hazelnut, uh, and this kind of uh, attractivity, uh, especially with a pasta dish that... Uh, and drinkability also uh, is a, is a variety that uh, honestly speaking have not a big uh, fashion big success in the last year but it was a big damage because I believe they can have a, a great opportunity probably is a wine that uh, is not well known. Uh, for the potentiality of this uh, variety around the world, and in the past, uh, the tannic part was um, a really a small world to 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 drink. But now that the people are looking for uh, tannic wine, uh, dolcetto could be, uh, and the tannic of dolcetto are much more easy respect the tannin of nebbiolo, for example. Uh, I am. Uh, I am really sure that um, in the future could have a great uh, success also in the United States in, in the other market. Uh, we are concentrating in Piemonte and probably in the future why not? Uh, we can also invest uh, in, in, in the best era for Dolcetto sp- or, or in uh, Doviani or Indiano. I, I think uh, in the future.
1: <laughs> Thank you Stefano. That's very interesting. Um, so you all heard um uh, Stefano uh, we might one day um, if opportunity arises maybe the Calo family will get um, uh, to make you know wine for you know worldwide distribution so they're not discriminating against uh, you know Dolceto what Stefano said is that is even more interesting is that uh, um, a lot of folks in uh, Piemonte drink that uh, on uh, on a Sunday in barbera maybe during the week, for me, I don't know uh, tradition or not tradition. I drink more Dolcetto during the week. Maybe I'm upside down and uh, a, a nice bottle of Barbera um, on a Sunday lunch. Um, so, um, uh, uh, thank you, Stefano. Um, what I what I want to ask you next, uh, it's probably one of the uh, key questions uh, of this uh, of this uh, interview of our time here together, and it regards uh, sustainability. Um, you guys have been on 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 top of this uh, um, very important um, worldwide issues. Um, a lot of uh, other you know wineries have been. Um, uh, doing uh, a lot you know in that regard not only in Italy but worldwide um, and with specific regard to you know climate change and how. And, and, and when I when I talk about climate change I not only refer to the rising temperatures but you know this more uh, less sporadic and more you know drastic you know events that we've been seeing the last few vintages places where we haven't seen much hail. Um, now we get that uh, not much frost. We do that. So that is all part of a, a bigger, you know, topic but ha- how the um, how has been affecting you and uh, um, What has been done by uh, by carlo in that regard, Stefano?
2: So Gianluca, you have a great uh, reason about that because the these uh, violence of uh, uh, atmosphere. What happened in the in the last 20 years? Uh, we, we touch with our hand because every rain during the summertime now is a storm. Every rain uh, happened hell around uh, the Piedmont vineyard, and uh, this is uh, w- what we see with our eyes. So sustainability is a first of all is a et- um, ethical choice, because uh, our goal for my generation is to let the next generation what we take care in this short uh, time of our life better than when we take care uh, a few years ago. That means that uh, all the territory need to preserve uh, with more green attention uh, because uh, it's really important to have uh, a decent life, a decent life, not a super life. Decent life, we, our life in this, is in the vineyard, our uh, wine lovers come to visit us in the vineyard. So it's our first interest is to live in the place where the quality life, the safety of the life is very important. Uh, and for have for me that is not enough to have a, a green approach only to the vineyard only to the wine but is, in all the technical part of the of the producing of the wine uh, you need to to improve uh, uh, the, 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 the impact of uh, the impact, uh, the green impact. And that means, for example, uh, we are one of the first wineries in Piemonte to be certified for 2010 for the Barolo. Uh, för was the first time because we are part of the experimentation uh, project of Viva Sustainability for uh, uh, Ministero de Ambiente. Uh, After a few years, we have uh, all the seven uh, single vineyards certified Viva sustainable, and now we are all the wine sustainable. But uh, uh, come back to what I said before. Uh, It's not only to to have a green approach in the vineyard, but also, for example, to reduce the heavy of the bottle, to to have much more um, uh, solar. Uh, and uh, alternative energy uh, to, to don't consume too much for in the winery. Uh, a step, uh, is a mentality to, to improve in, a, in every aspect to be more sustainab- sustainable in every aspect. Uh, and in the end, in the end I believe that uh, if you think of, of all our action, also, personally, what we made every day with your car, with uh, uh, your um, what you buy, what you uh, why you do you use uh, I don't know uh, plastic bottle or. Uh, Or you can um, think to to have much uh, mm, uh, better influence in terms of sustainability. Uh, uh, And I believe this is a message that uh, helps to to concentrate what I can make better day after day. Uh, And that in the wine, wine business, especially in the production, is really is really important uh, important uh, way uh, and we believe this is the way to follow especially uh, in the in the part of the culture and uh, we see also another aspect that the green approach in the vineyard help uh, in, in the important part of the puzzle of the quality to improve also the quality in term of uh, personality that reflect the terroir uh, and i believe uh, this is uh, what the the natural uh, give uh, also of us to the quality part of the wine
1: yeah that's that's a great point um you know Stefano, uh, especially with reference to terroir you know you kill like several birds you know with one you know stone i think uh, this is like uh, extremely important uh for everyone we need to preserve what we got, and and I think I am a little bit drastic here, but I think it's really on all of us. Um, I think uh, we have all the tools, and if we don't have it, we can develop, um, you know, them to really, um, you know, preserve what we have, and uh, and just ensure that. Uh, the very single bottle of wine uh, that we enjoy drinking, drinking, um, it can be it can be drank for for generations and uh, uh, for many years. Um, you know, I had so thank you for doing everything that you're doing uh, with regard to sustainability uh, and quality. I think we're getting very close to time uh, here, so um, and I want to make sure we uh, save a couple uh, minutes for potential questions uh, uh, from the uh, from our listeners. But I will ask you one question that is uh, very direct. And maybe you, you don't have an option to be diplomatic, um, uh, Stefano, I'm sorry. But we all know that all our children are equal. So you call your vines as your sons or daughters at the beginning of our conversation. But where does your heart go? Where Where is Stefano's heart in terms of, uh, you know, very great variety.
2: Yeah but, you know, The heart uh, it go obviously to Barbera Because Barbera is a wine that uh, Is a type that uh, 40 years ago 50 years ago when uh, My father was really a pioneer that believe in this variety is a type that uh, need more help and the consideration at this time was a poor child, a child that uh, had no um, right uh, consideration like uh, the the big child, uh, like the Barol and Barbaresco. so uh, uh, that is really a revenge, uh, because when you give uh, all the energy of uh, all the uh, of the family uh, in the last 40, 50 years, and you, at the end, you see this tide that arrive in the top uh, uh, wine list of the world. Uh, obviously, you are uh, two times proud than uh, the bigger child, Obviously, uh, honestly speaking, Barbera is really part of our uh, uh, of the family blood. Is, is really Barbera. But also, in the other part, uh, Nebbiolo is the most uh, philosophical, more, uh, I believe, uh, uh, I believe, um, elegant. uh, I believe more uh, uh, unique uh, variety uh, in the world. And so uh, my heart is divided in two, but if I have if i have to have a one choice in uh, and i i am alone in the island my 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 choice is barbera obviously very good you are you are for one more
1: reason you know my biggest hero and <laughs> hey, you know that that's good i think we actually um, we were um, so fortunate to be given a couple extra minutes so i will ask you uh, one more question um, stefano of uh, you have a uh, uh, probably, correct me if I'm wrong, over 30 harvests under your uh, belt as an experience. What do you recall to be, you know, one, if not the most uh, uh, challenging, you know, vintage, and that you can choose any grape, whether it's Cortese, Moscato, uh, Nebbiolo, Barbera, Dolcetto, what, uh, what is uh, what is your most challenging, you know, vintage that you had in your experience?
2: If I come back, uh, my really uh, first uh, important vintage uh, that I remind is is 97, because uh, when I finished the winemaker school in 90, um, and in 91 I made the military service, Uh, honestly speaking, I, I have only difficult vintage before 97 because 92, 93, 94, 95, also 96 in some cases are really uh, uh, difficult harvest because close to the harvest time arrived the rain and so all the effort that we made in the vineyard, okay, we see some uh, improvement in term quality but not what i have in my idea and 97 we have the perfect weather condition to have the really a great satisfaction in every vineyard in every in every in every part that uh, we made this kind of uh, experimentation for the green harvest uh, and other uh, winemaking technique Uh, and so uh, 97 was, uh, for example, in the Cerequio, uh, in the sense of Cerechio for the Barolo single vineyard. Uh, I I remind that uh, I have in my heart and I tattoo in my <laughs> in my, <laughs> in, my <laughs> in my heart also the image of this perfect uh, bounces the day of the harvest that uh, really was uh, like a dream. Uh, uh, when the dream arrived to reality, no, and that, uh, and and especially when the dream is so long, because, you no, know, winemaker school was so long and uh, six. Uh uh, difficult uh, harvest before I arrive at the at the goal. Uh, you, you can imagine how was uh, my dream that uh, for the first time I understand that my choice of the winemaker uh, job is the right uh, is the right job for me.
1: Uh, that's uh, that's really cool. Um, and actually, um, you know, the winery you guys save. Uh, a little bit of uh, documentations on uh, the last 10 harvests, and uh, they have a little bit of showing and a little bit of a museum. Uh, um, I encourage you uh, to go and visit um, and discover this. Um, it's, it's, it's really, really nice. Uh, very last question, Stefano. Uh, is there any new uh, project, whether uh, in the winery or in the vineyards, it's something that you're looking forward to, uh, to do, something you're looking forward to working on in the, in the near future? That you want everybody to be aware.
2: Yeah, um, we are uh, really concentrated in the have a much more uh, single in. Uh, uh, much more single vineyard uh, and that's happened for the Nizza because we have another special hill that is called Monte Mareto that uh, in the next two years arrive on the market and, uh, another Nizza called Monte Mareto because it's a special hill close to, to La court. and uh, uh, what uh, our project that we work in the last uh, year is another uh, important single vineyard in Barbaresco uh, for uh, producer Uh, barbaresco reserva that is a famous uh, crew that is called monte stefano that probably arrive on the market uh, in the next uh, Five, four, or five years. So long time to refining in bottle. And uh, the third important uh, uh, news is that uh, um, uh, we we produce. Uh, we stopped for um, a few years, but now we uh, reproduce another important uh, reserve of Gavi. That is Fornaci. Fornaci di Tassaro was the first. Uh, a Gavi that we produce uh, and take the Trebicchiere when I was uh, uh, 10 years old when the vintage 1990. Uh, it's a, a very special wine because it arrived from a uh, Prefiloxeral uh, vineyard uh, for a particular bounces, a particular clone. Uh, the, the vineyard was uh, d- mm, uh, replanting uh, uh, about uh, 15 years ago and now um, with the, with using the same material with this kind of special, small bounces of cortese the, uh, and uh, and now um, next year uh, we get out with the 2019 vintage is a that get out on the market when it is minimum 3 years old and have the potential to age minimum 10 12 years so Three small news, three small wine, but a special expression of a small terroir and, and great wine, I believe.
1: That's great. That's very exciting. Um, thank you, Stefano. So we'll have something in the short, in the medium, in the long term. Can't wait to uh, to try that Monte Montestefano uh, Reserva. Although I'll have to wait a little bit. Maybe we'll uh, we'll come and visit you and. Uh, and try the wines with you before is released to uh to the market. Um, this is all very exciting news. So I'm not sure if I, um, uh, Stevie, if you want to say anything, if you want to, you know, close. If there are any questions from you know the audience before we release uh, our good friend and uh, and guest uh, Stefano Chiarlo.
0: So um, you guys, I I'm so. Um Loving these fireside chats with the ambassadors. First of all, you guys are doing such a great job. By the way, also a shout out to Paul Bologna, who did a wonderful job with Massimiliano Brambilla last week. We'll drop that soon. And we Just I'm really, really loving this. Um, And of course, Chu Priest, he's on front row. He will be doing with Ariane Okipinti September 9th. I think everyone is looking forward to that. Everyone will be back on holidays. I'm still waiting for your nominations, ladies, Melissa and Corinne. And Julie and Kevin, you guys are new Italian wine ambassadors. You too can interview your favorite wine producers. So we will be in touch with you. Tiziana, I don't know why you haven't um, sent your nominations yet. I'm looking forward to that. Please send them to me, myself, or like. So I bought land to, um, I'm up on stage. First of all, it's very, very sad. But, you know, after five years, he couldn't stand me any longer. So he's quietly quit on me. Me. and he's just staying right upstairs from me in my mountain house because he just dropped up joy but i feel like i've seen him more now than ever and of course he's a dear friend and will be part of your community forever so lan ciao everything okay with joy
3: everything's good Okay, uh, by the way, Stevie, we love you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Lan, have you got a question for Stefano or Gianluca?
3: Sure, I, I have a question for Stefano. Uh, first of all, thank you uh, also Gianluca and, and Stefano for this great sharing. Uh, so these two days, I'm actually with Stevie hiking in the mountains of Trentino. So I, I found the, the local wines especially tasty after every, every hike. Then naturally, I become a rookie hiker and a more passionate wine drinker now. But I wonder what is your suggestion for hikers to see in your area, Steph, Stefano, and which wine to, should we bring with us to taste?
2: So I never understand uh, perfectly what what is the uh, the wine the uh, from Trentino that uh, is my choice.
3: No, no, no. The question is because I'm now hiking in Trentino. Then I found like after every hike, you know, wines become more tasty. And I mean, you you are in Piedmont and naturally you have many hiking to choose from then in your area which are your suggestions for us as a hiker to go and to see and what is a local wine you would recommend us to take then to taste after the hike
2: uh, a local wine for example I suggested to take a, a, a small uh, appellation a small variety but very very interesting is the Fraser Fraser is a very old roots. Uh, I, I have some similarity to Nebbiolo, but uh, some different uh, in terms of aromaticity. But in some cases, we don't produce Fraser. But I have uh, recently um, opportunity to, to open some uh, bottle of Fraser that are 15, 20 years so. old. I was really, really, really surprised. But also, you can choose a Fraser. Uh, a little aromatic to drink young, especially in the summertime uh, with a barbecue that is a great pleasure. And uh, it's a local variety, but uh, with a great po- great potentiality, the greatest possibility, really unique wine.
0: Great, Stefano. Thank you very much. So we're going to take our last questions before we close to Paul from Paul Bologna. Ciao, Paul. Oh, Ciao, ciao. Thank you for taking my question. Uh, so let me begin by saying I, I've been selling uh, Chiarlo wines for years, and I, I never worry that they're not going to show well because they're always impeccably balanced and elegant. But my question is a simple one, and it's it's a good one for you because I know you're a Barolo expert. A lot of guests ask me about decanting and the right amount of time to pass while decanting before enjoying a Barolo, and I was just curious if you had any tips uh, and what you've noticed for aging Barolo as the right amount of time to decant.
2: So, Paul, uh, if uh, the question is for me... Uh, yes, yes, I think it's for you, Stefano.
0: <laughs> Unless you want me to answer it, no. and we'll be completely wrong. So, you better take thanks.
2: No, but Steve, Stevie, you know, sometimes a more than producer in terms of uh, service, in terms of decanting, because this is a, very, a, a question that uh, recently a lot of people have uh, in the idea, especially for Barolo. Uh, For our style, for example, I see that if you decanting for the um, young vintage, uh, give more, uh, in short time, you have more expressivity of the flavor. Or if you have very old bottle and I means very old the minimal that are 20-25 years old. Uh, but you know you know better than me that uh, depends uh, how how long you intend to stay in front of your glass. Because if you have time, for my opinion, if you have the right glass and the right temperature is also for me it's very exciting to see how the developing the wine in my big glass for uh, uh, one hour, one hour and a half, uh, um, you know, uh, and sometimes uh, less than uh, half an hour or ten minutes, you know, uh, this kind of follow the 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 opening of the flavor in the in the in the in the, in the glass it, for me that I am a winemaker is very exciting because I am upset that a wine that uh, need uh, the right time for developing is part of the exciting. Uh, for a final consumer, sometimes it's not uh, like me. Uh, I understand very well. But uh, for my opinion, if you have a barrel that are six, uh, eight, uh, 10, 12 years uh, uh, if you have the right glass, uh, uh, I never, uh, I never decanting the wine. Uh, uh, in the past, you know better than me the, dec- the decanting are for the special old traditional style that sometimes. I speak uh, about 25, 30, uh, 35 years old. The Barolo was a really close wine that are close in terms of uh, expression of the flavor. Now, the, this kind of wine, especially the Barolo, are more precise in terms of winemaking and also the flavor are more uh, are, um, are more open when I arrive on the market uh, respect uh, 30, 40 years ago.
0: Okay, that's a wonderful. Wonderful way to close. Basically, drink Barolo anywhere, any way you want. I think that's fantastic. And with that, I'm going to close. Please uh, tune in next week, um, 8 p.m. same time with Italian Wine Ambassadors Corner Fireside Chat. And that is it. And please follow us and. Hope to see you guys soon. Thank you for also joining us in this, you know, huge Ferragosto. Everybody's on holiday. You guys are really the diehards, and we really, really appreciate that. Ciao, ragazzi. Grazie mille. Stefano e Gianluca. Gianluca. Ciao, ragazzi.